0: Welcome to the inaugural episode of Sidechain. In this podcast, it's all about my journey into learning a little bit about being a blockchain developer, learning about Ethereum and um, Solidity and all the other kind of protocols and stuff that kind of are associated to this space. My name is Rahat, thank you for tuning in, and in this inaugural episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about what the heck blockchain even is. hopefully go through and explain a little bit about what that is to you and share some resources that i've been using to learn about blockchain development so starting straight off what's a blockchain think of it as a bunch of blocks or batches of data and we're we're just going to refer to it as blocks Um, and these batches or blocks are can hold different types of data inside of them right They can hold financial transactions, information about property titles, medical records, stuff like that, like really cool, important stuff, right? And the way that this data is stored is that these blocks of data are put onto essentially a chain, right? So you take one block, it's linked to the next block in the chain, which is linked to the next block in the chain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. every single block has a connection to the block after it and before it. So because of this, what happens with this type of data is that since these blocks are connected together in in a line, if you ever wanted to like go back on the chain to some previous data and either change it or update it in some way, you cannot do that. Because if you do do that, you now have to update every single block that comes after it, because each of those blocks is referring to the block as it was before you changed it. So now you have to change the next block, which is going to be referring to your new block. Now you have to change the block after that because you changed the block you were you know updating because of the other block you're updating, et cetera, et cetera. It's a whole like chain reaction type thing, right? Because of that, it's not easy to update or change data after it's already been put onto the blockchain which makes it a little bit more secure a little harder to go in and like maliciously change any data and that's one of the biggest reasons why people are so enamored by it why i really enjoy it because there's a lot of things you can do especially in those like areas i mentioned before of like financial transactions which you've kind of seen already with like different cryptocurrencies if you've been following like the space a little bit Things like property titles, like you could like really verify who is the owner of a specific property and medical records, you know, that like can't be changed or updated in any way, unless you add like a new block with new information at the end, things like that. And that's really how you update data on a blockchain. You just add a new block at the end of the chain. So that's a non-destructive way to track data changes over time. And you get a history of the data, which will just always remain intact. Your historical data is never touched. It's always there for you to go back and look at and access any new data, even if it's an updated data, has to be added to the end of the blockchain. So let's look at how this kind of helps us in the real world, right? If we take like a traditional financial ledger Let's say I own like this wholesale toy selling business and I'm selling a bunch of toys to different toy shops. I have maybe some records of all my sales which include the shops that I sold to, the amount that they purchased, what they purchased, etc. And this is good for me, lets me keep track of my finances, how much I'm making and all that and gives me what I believe to be a source of truth in case like one of my clients want to dispute something or have an issue with something that, you know, I've sent them. And I entrust all of this to, let's say some SaaS provider, who, you know, provides me some software that acts as a ledger that can keep track of all of these transactions that can keep track of all of my, you know, receipts, all of my um, inventory that I've sent to whatever my whoever my client is, and i put all of my trust in in this third party sas to do that properly to handle all of that data properly to save that in a secure way if it needs to be updated updated in a secure way so i'm putting a lot of trust in this in, in this third party sas provider and i'm paying them probably like a lot of money too to do this service for me now let's say one of my shops wants to dispute something because they believe that I didn't give them what I agreed, what we agreed upon, right? I could go into my ledger and say, hey, you made this order on this date. And I'll say, no, but I updated it. Why didn't I receive my updated order? And then I have to go in and see if like, it didn't update for some reason. Maybe I see some type of confirmation that they did update it, but my records don't show that. Now I have to like contact the SaaS provider for this Transaction and figure out, you know, what the hell happened? Why wasn't everything updated? Why wasn't, you know, I aware? Um, why didn't you catch this? Why is there a bug? Tell your developers to fix this now. Don't have to wait for them to fix it. If there, if there's an issue there. Now, if we were to get rid of this SaaS provider completely and do this on a blockchain, right? I could have what's called a smart contract. So smart contracts are essentially what you write, um, the code that you write that executes certain logic on your blockchain. And we're going to have like a whole entire episode, like really doing a deep dive into it. That's just like a very, very high level way of looking at it. It's not entirely correct, but we'll dive into that in another episode. And smart contracts are written um, usually in a language called Solidity, which is a very popular language for interacting with the Ethereum blockchain. And I wrote this You know smart contract that keeps track of all of the orders when somebody decides to make an order for a bunch of toys that order the price everything is saved to the blockchain and I get some maybe some notification or something that I have to go fulfill that order right so there's now that historical data that this this is there now they go and decide I want to update the order cool Rather than having a smart contract that updates the initial block, what I do now is just like add another block to the chain with the updated data. Historically, I still have the old data, but now I have this new data and a new block that lets me know, okay, forget that last order, don't fulfill it, fulfill this one instead, right? And now I have a single source of truth that I can actually trust to be correct. How do I know it's correct? Because of the way smart contracts and saving stuff to the blockchain actually works. So when you're creating a block to be added to the blockchain, what your computer does is just like highly complicated cryptographical calculations and puzzles that take like a huge amount of computing power, which is why there's some concerns about like the effect on like climate and overall and things like that and we're going to dive into that in another episode as well but doing all of that computing creating this block of data it then gets shared to a whole bunch of other computers that are on the same blockchain network and they all verify it as well and then once once your computer has done that work all these other computers have verified it, it is then put onto the blockchain as fully verified data that you can trust because there's several of these computations done to actually verify that this is legitimate, this is true, this is what happened at this point in time. And because of that, we can now eliminate our third-party SaaS provider. We don't have to pay them anymore to do this. We can do this on the blockchain. Um, The transactions that occur there between us and the blockchain can all be done via like a wallet that contains maybe some Ethereum that we have to pay for like the gas transactions, but this is what you need to actually interact with the um, blockchain You just like pay a little bit. And in some cases, not a little bit, (laughs) but this allows us to get our data onto the blockchain and as the block you know as you add more stuff to blockchain again this is none of this stuff can be changed because you change you go back and change that one block you created for this transaction you now have to change everything else that came after it making that safe secure and truthful data any updates we smack another uh, block at the end of the chain and that's our update this allows us to have more ownership over maybe our content our our goods services and cut out the middleman a little bit right so we don't have to pay a third-party SaaS provider to manage all this for us we don't have to trust a whole other entity to manage all this for us to protect our data to you know do do anything for us we can this empowers us to like more directly interact with our clients, our customers, whoever we're working with, without having to trust anyone. That's why a lot of people call this like a trustless sort of paradigm, I believe. And what what we're doing when we're trying to you know build on Ethereum is create this type of software, create this type of applications where It's decentralized, we don't have to put our trust in some entity, whether it be the government, whether it be um, some third party provider, some big tech company like Google or whatever. And we have more direct dealings with our clients. We don't have to trust anything else because we just put our trust in that blockchain. Blockchain does everything for us based on smart contracts that we have predefined with specific instructions. So what can we do to actually learn about this and actually figure out how to make applications on the blockchain? So there's a bunch of different resources that I've been personally using to do this. I started off on Udemy with a course, but it was a little bit outdated, so I'm not gonna go too much into it. It was pretty good for giving me a good um foundation on like some solidity and understanding that but the following resources i'm going to share with you are all going to be linked in the show notes so you'll be able to check those out um there's this wonderful wonderful youtube video that i had watched like several times just to like fully understand what blockchain actually is it's one of the best blockchain explanations i have ever seen it goes into talking about A use case with, like, you know, property deeds and property titles and verifying ownership over a property for, you know, family members who may be disputing some property that they own. And I'm gonna, that's gonna be the very first link. It's the only YouTube link in the show notes. So definitely check that out for another explanation if you're still feeling a little bit confused. But after you've kind of like gotten that, the resources that I use to like really learn how to develop in this space first off the ethereum documentation is bananas it's amazing some of the best documentation i've seen everything is like very well organized they have like it's almost like to me it feels almost like several blog articles and small content you can go through and read to like understand specific content like it goes starts off like with like what the hell is ethereum and um, different things like what's web 2 versus what's web 3 which is next episode and Honestly, I, I drew a lot of inspiration for the episodes that I'm gonna have on this podcast straight from the Ethereum documentation. So it's the treasure trove of data that you have in there is incredible and I cannot recommend enough going through that. If you're into, I guess, more interactive learning, one thing that I really enjoyed was Crypto Zombies. So Crypto Zombies is like this interactive tutorial site where you can go in and it, it teaches you how to code in Solidity. One of the first things you do in there is like create this zombie factory where you can create different types of zombies and they look different based on um, certain attributes and things like that. And you do all that with solidity, and it's awesome. It all connects to like a front end. You can pretty much use whatever front end you want. I think generally in this space, mostly it's React. That's just from what I've seen so far. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's just JavaScript, right? So you can probably hook it up to any other framework too. The next... Resource that I'm going to recommend is Solidity by Example. So once you've like done crypto zombies, maybe gotten the hang of like some of the basics of Solidity, try just like building something. Write your own smart contract. It, it doesn't need to do anything like fancy. Uh, just write some stuff. If you go into Solidity by Example, they have like a whole bunch of different starter code. There's like a Hello World example. You, you click into it. You open this online ide called remix which is awesome it's great for just like playing around with solidity you can open their examples in solidity add stuff to them play around with them deploy them on like test networks things like that and we're gonna have a whole episode on test networks too don't worry and just like try out the code and try it you know as you go see what happens see how you you know can interact and build stuff on top of their starter code in there what i really enjoy about Solidity. Like I'm personally a JavaScript developer. Uh, If you are one too, then I think you'll have a pretty good handle on Solidity pretty quickly because the syntax is very similar. And I really love that it's very similar because I feel like there's not too much context switching that I have to do in my head. There's obviously some differences. Not everything's exactly the same, but it's very, very similar. If you want like more structured project-based learning, which is also something that I love, I learned a lot from a company called BuildSpace and they have these free sessions on building projects with blockchain technology. I'm doing a session like n- not like now now but like as of recording this during this week I'm doing some sessions. I haven't been able to join the live sessions but they do give you the recordings as well as like an outline kind of lesson plan of things that you can go through and try out. And I love it. It's it really puts things into perspective in like a real world situation. It challenges you to like add stuff on top of it. Whereas like a lot of tutorials out there might say like, just do this and do that. The approach that I really love with them is like, they, they give you a base and they tell you, okay, add some stuff to it. Do, do like change some things around, maybe change some variables around, change some, um, add some functionality based on what you've learned. And they really push you to do that. There's a whole like Discord uh, channel that's associated to it. And it's awesome just to like go in there and be able to talk to other people that are also learning the stuff along with you. And personally, like my biggest intro into all of this tech was through a developer advocate, Natter Dabit, who works at Edge and Node. And he's got some awesome tutorials that give you like a whole full stack kind of view into building on Ethereum, uh, mainly with React. And I've used some of that just to like go through and think of uh, more ideas of stuff that I wanted to build. And I can't recommend enough just like looking at those types of resources. Now, I'm sure there's, if you're listening to this, maybe you're already looking at some resources in learning Ethereum and learning development on Ethereum. If you have some really cool ones that I haven't mentioned, please let me know. Uh, You can tweet at me at RahatCodes and let me know what kind of resources you're using. I would love to talk about them in future episodes and share them with other viewers and listeners on this podcast. And with that said, That was the very first episode of Sidechain. There is so much more to come, and I hope you all are excited to be learning this stuff along here with me. Like I said before, you can hit me up on Twitter at RahatCodes, and let's chat about Web3. Thank you for tuning in.